You're listening to Kids These Days, a podcast by the Association of Washington Student Leaders. I'm Layla Jasper, Associate Director for AWSL. Join me as we hear stories, experiences, and ideas from students across the state. Stay tuned and stay inspired. We are back in business. AWSL offers over 17 summer camp programs to promote school culture and climate while developing leadership skills for emerging and established leaders at the middle and high school level. Registration closes May 1st, so check it out on our website today at www.awsleaders.org. Welcome to the first episode of Kids These Days, an AWSL podcast that brings student voice to you. In this episode, we talk with Brooklyn Arroyo, who shares her thoughts and insights on student voice and creating a positive school culture and climate. She highlights some of the barriers and ways to move through those barriers. She gives us great information about her experience and some really simple, tangible ideas to bring student voice to your school in a meaningful way. So let's tune in, hear what she has to say. Brooklyn, thanks for being here with us today. Um, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I, I'm excited that the uh, end of the year graduation's just right around the corner. I'm ready. <laughs> oh, I bet that is so exciting. And I think you have some good news to celebrate that I mentioned earlier. Um, so do you want to tell us an, some exciting news? <laughs> yeah, it is pretty exciting. So um, I recently got accepted into John Hopkins University. So that was one of my top choices. And I hope to go into some form of the medical field. So it's kind of the school. That is the school. Wow. Amazing. Well, thanks so much for making time um, to tell us about your experiences and thoughts and just um, what's going on with you. So, well, first tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're coming from, anything you want to share. Okay, so um, I think just firstly, I am from the eastern part of Washington. I go to Chihuahua High School, one of the biggest high schools in Washington State. So I've had my own unique experiences, you know, going to a bigger high school um, I spend a lot of my time within like leadership programs and ASB programs and all sorts of clubs. So ever since I could possibly join a club, I was trying to get involved. I was like, let's do this craft club. Let's do whatever, just because why not? You're here today to talk to us a little bit about engagement and what that looks like and some of the challenges around engaging all students. Um, a lot of high schools say, this is hard to do a spirit week or to do an assembly, um, especially after COVID as we all kind of come back together. So um, yeah, tell me about, you know, school spirit and, and kind of your experience with that and what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I definitely agree that it's something that everyone is sort of seeing after COVID and post quarantine, there's just a, a different or within classrooms and schools in general. Um, it's a lot quieter. But then again, it's also more rowdy. There's a lot of either students are completely unengaged or students are 
having severe behavioral issues, you know, a lot more fighting, a lot more vandalism. So just, I think that we kind of were thrown into different environments very quickly. We went from being in school to not being in school, to being online, to not being online, to being half online. Oh, we're back in school again. So being in a teenager and being a human being is already so complicated, but we've just been through a roller coaster of an experience. So I think that right now there's just a lot of confusion and people don't know where to stand, especially in the classroom. We just need to kind of go back to our roots a little bit. And we have a really, you know, glass half full point of view here. We have a really good opportunity to kind of reevaluate how we look at school and how we look at our cultures and we can kind of work from the ground up. You know, that's positive. Me thinking <laughs> Love that. Yes, that's an excellent reframe, right? I mean, but it's so true that those things can exist at the same time. That confusion, mm-hmm. the lack of consistency and routine and just the uncertainty that has been the overarching theme of several years and, you know, half of people's high school career or, or any time in school. But it is an exciting slate to kind of walk in and be like, what works? What doesn't work? Um, Mm -hmm. What can we do differently? Um, So what has that been like for you and thinking about um, school engagement and working with administrators and and other educators in your building of has there been kind of a, a fresh start or what's your experience been with that? Right. So I feel that I have a unique perspective as a student, you know, among other students who aren't really involved, um, but also seated at school boards. So I am connected to admin and administrative work. And both of my parents are teachers within my own district and within neighboring districts. So I kind of get a piece of all sorts of perspectives. And I want to be honest, because I think that really in this podcast, we we do want to, we want to address things for how they are. And I think that there, there are two groups or two mindsets going into post-COVID reevaluating school environments and school culture. And there's those who have been comfortable with not a whole lot of action within the classroom taking place and those who are trying to find their footing again. I think that we've been able to say, oh, everything has been so crazy and that's it and not be like not putting a whole lot of action to things as somebody who's wanted to start clubs or, you know, podcasts of my own or groups or organizations within the pandemic that I think that we really needed. We needed a place to talk. And a lot of people were like, oh, we're busy right now. Or COVID is really crazy or this or that or something else. So I think that it's really just being able to put that aside and be like, yeah, everything has been crazy. It's time to get to work though. We, we have to get back to work now and we have to really rebuild. It's going to take a lot, I think. And it's going to take some effort to rebuild, but I think it's essential in order for the next couple of years, really. Oh yeah, for sure. I think school climate and culture have been impacted by that because it's been survival mode for so long. And you're right about you know, lack of capacity or just confusion or fatigue. Um, Mm -hmm. And 
but we've kind of just lived in that of like, oh, it's chaos. And so hmm, it's just chaos. Um, and so now to have some time and energy devoted to, okay, yes. And this is one of the best times now to create more connection community right. within the chaos. Hmm. Yeah. Addressing that it has been unbelievably chaotic, but when has it not, right? We've right. always kind of been living crazy lives and everyone's had complicated situations. And of course, these past couple of years have been like nothing really anyone in this generation or any generation before us have ever experienced. But I think there's almost uh, some accountability that needs to be taken place, at least from my own experiences. I don't think that there's been enough accountability from adults that I see when it comes to the cultures within my school, I think that it's often put off on the students. Mm-hmm. And I just think that it, it is really dependent on the, the teachers and the counselors and even the administrators who aren't necessarily seen on the day to day. Sure. Within my district alone, there's a very different culture from my high school to my sister high school within my own district. And we look at the demographics of the staff and they're very different. Wow. And despite our student demographics, not actually being that different, our two schools are known for very different reasons. Wow. We have a very different representation in our community and in our state. And they have a very different reputation and are represented differently and just an overall different culture, a lot more spirited. Um, I also credit that to just they're older. They're the older high school. And so we're still pretty young. We don't have very many transitions and traditions. I think it just comes down to staff understanding that the impact a classroom setting has on the overall school, it's not just your classroom. And that's an hour a day. That's the entire school. I think that's a great point that there needs to be consistency across classrooms in order to build that school culture. You can't go into one classroom and know one educator is going to create this one experience and another one, it will be different. Um, I think that's really important to know that there's, there is a role where, of course, there's student voice and students need to have that voice and play a really important role. Um, But there has to be meeting and collaboration with administration and educators as well. So you mentioned spirit and that your school maybe doesn't have as much of that school-wide spirit. Why is that important? And how can we reach that school-wide spirit um, and engage across demographics in our school? That is the question. That is and there, there is no one answer. I, it really depends on your school, the demographics of your school, the cl- like where the climate exists already. We're all starting at different points. Some schools right. are going to be way worse off than other schools. Um, I really think that for your first aspect of this question, why is it even important, right? Right. What does participating in spirit week have to do with right. my math class. I've had plenty of teachers, you know, not understand or be engaged in that aspect of school at all, because that doesn't 
affect their teaching, that doesn't affect their classroom. But I would argue that having a unified climate and culture within a school, it, I mean, I don't even think it's an opinion anymore. There's just so much evidence and research that goes into how that impacts students' engagement within the curriculum. With attendance alone drastically impacts and benefits that grades, you know, just the simple fact that feeling like you belong and feeling like you're having fun, you're going to put way more energy into that environment than an environment where you feel like you're going to prison. Like who wants to do that? Oh, absolutely. I, that's so funny because the two words that were coming to my mind were belonging and fun. And like you said them, um, yeah, yeah, it's all about belonging, like going to a place where you feel like you belong, you're seen, you're heard, but also it can, you can have fun. We can have fun. We need to invite joy and fun and laughter back and humor back into our lives. Cause it's been a heavy existence for a little while. Mm-hmm. 100%. And going back to your point, something we were talking about earlier with social media. Yeah. That we were all, uh, uh, the vast majority of us were stuck on social media. Absolutely. That, that was our existence. And it can get really somber on mm-hmm. social media, especially with the events of the past couple of years. So we do need to find a little bit more of that that spark. And I think that school environments can do that for people if we help foster those environments within the classrooms. Sure. And it's important, you know, oftentimes when we talk about things like belonging or diversity and equity work, people think that it has like a certain connotation and that it's a really fluffy aspect of education. When in reality, that is essential to to the curriculum growth and the test scores and all the things that we also want to pay attention to when it comes to the administrative aspect of education. But they're really divided right now when I think that they are so intertwined that you cannot have one without the other. Yeah, that's right. There is a real connection piece. Um, Well, that, that has to exist for there to be positive culture and climate, because if we're, you know, we've been so isolated, we've been in our own echo chambers. And so connection, sense of belonging, fun, those are going to be critical pieces that pave the way for other learning that happens, mm-hmm. you know, in the classroom and outside and cur- extracurricular activities and mm-hmm. other things that students do, you know, sports and clubs. And um, mm-hmm. what has been your experience in creating some of these uh if, if you, if you have worked with admin, what does that look like? And with educators and creating some of these opportunities for connection and fun? Um, I, I won't sugarcoat it. It is very difficult. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Difficult. And this, of course, it's not everyone's experience, but for me, it's been difficult to be a student and want a seat at that table that is genuinely heard, right? Not just in a way of, oh, we see that you're talking, you have points, and then, well, thank you. (laughs) But actually listening to what the students are wanting out of their education and 
taking that back and sort of reflecting on what's being done, actually putting action to student voice. So within the things that I've tried to implement, I think that it really just comes down to people not understanding the difference between, you know, sugar-coated, really fluffy, um, nothing against social emotional learning. I love it. Oh, yeah. It's often thrown around in a way that isn't really social emotional learning. It's like, oh, we're going to spend 30 minutes doing social emotional learning. When in reality, shouldn't that be in every aspect of our education? It's not just, okay, let's allot this time to pat you on the back. So it's really not empowering, I think is the biggest thing where we need to empower our students. And that's where the rigor is going to come in. It's not all rainbows and kittens. We don't want it to be rainbows and kittens. We just want to address the reality of our education and of our history and be recognized as people and respected within the classroom and empowered in a way that our education is in our hands. When in reality, I think that there's just a a power dynamic between staff and students that make it hard for a lot of students to respect their education and take it into their own hands because there's not a whole lot of respect being given around or passion. Yeah. It's, you know, there are things that students are saying in, in other, in other meetings that we have across the state. So good news, bad news. You're not alone in it. I think that it's critical to, you know, highlight the, performative versus authentic uh, nature a student voice can can have. Um, it can be a checkbox moment or it can be a real invitation to the process of learning and growing together and recreating right now school culture. Um, you know, and maybe adults are left with a question of what does authentic student voice really look like? What would you say is kind of a tangible piece of advice for people on inviting students to the table in a meaningful way? What would that look like? What are your thoughts? Right. No, I, I often ask myself this, right? Sure. Am I just complaining? Is this really good? Um, but I think that is an important question asking ourselves. And it's just about asking ourselves more. No one's going to be perfect. No one system is going to be perfect. But being able to constantly reflect is how we're going to get better. Constantly saying, is this good enough? So when it comes to student voice, I think, again, addressing the checkbox moment, understanding that there's a difference between having a role and having power. So making sure that we're not just adding, oh, student representatives, but also wanting that voice there. So not just having them speak and talk at your meetings, but also making sure that the notes are being taken of what they're saying and they're being invited back. And we're consciously inviting diverse students, not just one student who has a 4.0 who wants that title, which is often done when student voice is brought up. They say, okay, bring in the ASB kids. And I was an ASB kid for a long time, but there is an ASB culture within that system as well. And so just making sure that we're constantly looking for more. We're constantly trying to get more voices. There are so many students and so many different experiences 
that having one representative, which is great, um, didn't, still isn't enough. So constantly looking for more ways of getting experiences spoken out and exposing staff to that, you know, PLCs, bring your student sometimes, right? If you're talking about classroom environment, bring, your, bring in a student. Um, I, that is, it's a hard question. I don't, it is not sure if there is a straightforward answer, but just always looking for more and expanding our idea of what student voice is. Yeah. I love that. I think, um, that you brought up some important points about the intentionality of inviting students to the table, because I'm sure you can tell when you're in a meeting and it feels authentic versus when it doesn't. And maybe some of those small signifiers, right? Quote unquote, small would be taking notes, following up, you know, circling back, bringing the student back in and saying, Hey, here's what we're thinking. Like, how does this sound? You know, true collaboration, just like thought partnering with your coworker or colleague um, in a similar fashion. And students are experts of the school. And so I also agree with you of like, there's, there's no one answer, right. But maybe the one answer is be reflective and ask your students and genuinely listen and take notes. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And it, I don't think people often realize that we notice things and we notice if you don't email us back, I've been to seminars where they're, oh, we're to get your voice and we're going to have a diversity panel and we never hear back from them ever again. Maybe they are using what we said, you know, give them the the benefit of the doubt. Maybe it is being used to write the best book ever, but the simple action of following up with us, maybe meeting again, that is empowering and that will spread because empowerment spreads and that sense of belonging will spread. So And hearing about other people speak and have their voices heard, that people tell their friends. And I've motivated other students to go and have their voices heard. So 100% follow up. The little things make a big difference. Yeah, they make a big difference. I think, too, it's an important thing to notice that there is a culture of ASB or of leadership kids Um, Mm -hmm. And often they're the students who are invited, which their voice is, of course, important. Um, And there should be an acknowledgement maybe that other students are leaders in their own right. And they have experiences Mm -hmm. of the schools in very different ways that can be super insightful. Um, So finding ways to bring in students that their voices may be more on the margins. Um, But um, I would say most groups have a leader that could be tapped into to hear from. What do you think? Definitely. And I think that this is something that we talk about a lot in AWSL. Uh, Like what is a leader, right? What, What does that even mean? Because there is the ASB and leadership culture. And I think that in many ways to many students, that's kind of hijacked the, the meaning and connotation of leadership. But in reality, you can find a leader in any environment, not just the quote unquote preppy, loud assembly making kids. It's the people who are 
insightful of the people around them that motivate and empower the groups that they're involved in, you know? So undoubtedly in any environment, in any group within the high school, you will find people who are ready and willing to voice their opinion and their, the people that surround them, their opinion as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I think defining what a leader is, is important because we do say that word a lot. So, and I mean, it depends, I mean, it depends, um, it depends on the situation. Everyone has leadership skills. Everyone has been a leader in their own life in different ways. We all inherently have those, um, qualities. It's just sometimes students are told that they're leaders and sometimes they're not, or not explicitly. Um, and so they may not see that in themselves. Um, and I think too, whenever you mention like assemblies and, and how, um, kind of the classic leadership model of engaging through fun, wild, wacky, um, can mm-hmm. be kind of exclusionary mm-hmm. to some students who don't necessarily see school spirit as getting dressed up and like being, being silly. Um, yeah. have, have there been activities or things you've heard about or read about or ideas that really kind of step outside that classic school spirit box that you would want to share? Um, well, th- that's, that's another hard one that mm-hmm. try to diversify the idea of what school spirit is. And it just comes down to, we have ideas in movies and film and media. And so everyone has this image of what high school is. And some people that doesn't fit with what they like or who they are. And so I'm going to be honest, I, I don't see a whole lot of getting away from the image of high school. Um, sure. I think oftentimes because it is the leadership programs that put on those sort of things, it's, it's for, for them. And of course, that's not every leadership program. But I think that when you're planning something, you are thinking of, what do I like? You know, what would I like to do? And because there's that sort of leadership pipeline, you know, you start it in middle school and then you just continue forever. And the self-fulfilling prophecy of you are a leader, you're a leader since you were young. And if you didn't get caught in that net when you were young, then just forever, you're like, well, maybe I'm not a leader. When in reality, no, it's also very situational in who's a leader in every situation i i doubt anyone right we feel right certain in new situations and so really just looking at redefining that and kind of getting away from the leadership culture that's been developed and i i don't have an answer for that either a whole lot of unanswered questions <laughs> that's life yes. isn't it <laughs> <laughs> right what what events would be away from the quote, like the stereotypical high school experience and more inclusive? Um, my school has been trying to promote a car show because we've seen in our community, we've taken something that is loved and respected and fun within my community and looked at the culture that exists there and want to implement it within the school. So I think that's a good way to start looking out. Oh, what do people do? That's not school related. Okay. How can we 
implement implement that in the school and respect the culture of the community. But it just comes down to that's a little hard when it comes to getting through the logistics and administrative hurdles of public education. Absolutely. Respecting the, the culture of the community is is hard. <laughs> oh, that's hard. It's a, it's a hard balance, isn't it? But I, I think that your answer, even though you say you didn't have an answer, I think it was an amazing answer because it's one asking, just, just being reflective of, wait, is this inclusive of, of all students potentially? Like, are we reaching more than just whatever percent likes to show up for spirit days? And then following that train of thought, okay, how can we be, how can we diversify these spirit events or activities or ways of engaging students? And thinking about the community is a huge piece of that, to honor the culture and the community that is there and give that population or that experience, that hobby, that culture, a space in school to show up. So it doesn't have to be separate and you can feel seen and heard in your own way at school too. I think that's a great start. Absolutely. Oh, Brooklyn. Amazing. Thank you so much (laughs) for sharing so many just thoughtful thoughts, (laughs) just thoughtful thoughts that would just make you think, Hmm, that's a thoughtful thought. (laughs) I try. (laughs) I feel like you've really provided me a space to go off on a tangent a little bit. I, <laughs> that's what we love. I have, I try to talk about the power of em, empowering students and empowering staff both and how important it is for constantly asking ourselves those questions. Are, are we doing enough? Because there is no one answer. There's no one solution. So We have to be boundary pushing. We have to keep going. That's right. We have to keep being reflective. We have to keep thinking, what is the demographic in our school? How does it look compared to the demographic of our educators and our administrators? How do we engage the people who are there and not just lean on traditions in ways that maybe don't serve us any longer? So it's really challenging, tricky things of honoring tradition but pushing it a little bit to make it more expansive as schools change and grow and as the world changes and grows. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Thanks so much for spending time chatting. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. I always learn so much. I have one last question for you. We'll try to put together a Kids These Days playlist after we get some of the songs. What is a song that has been, you know, meaningful to you lately in whatever way you want to interpret that. Right. I have my Spotify. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Looking through. Um, I, so I think I'm going to take this question because I can never answer these straightforward, right? What's your favorite food? What's your favorite song? What's your favorite movie? I can never think of a specific food, song, or movie, but I think I'm going to have to say, the genre, um, oldies and jazz have really been getting me through this time. There's just something about the history of it and especially like on America in general of jazz music and how it's always so passionate. It just, whether it's sad, whether it's happy, whether it's 
any sort of emotion, it's always just full and the epitome of that emotion. And so that's what's been getting me going. And I, I've progressively been loving jazz more and more. Oh, that's so cool. That's it's so true. Jazz is, man, that genre is just, it's hitting Beautiful. because the emotions come through so much and you can be super in the moment and just roll with it and kind of let go. So mm-hmm. that's great. I think that's a really good kind of vibe to carry us through into the mm-hmm. summer through the last of the difficult months of the year, finishing up finals and applications and all that. Yeah. Last stretch. We're almost there though. Almost there. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Um, I can't wait to hear your podcast when it gets up and going, let (laughs) us know. Um, And thanks again for spending time with us today. Yes, of course. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate this. And I always love talking to you. It's the best. It's been the highlight of my day. Wow, what a great first episode. It was wonderful hearing from Brooklyn and her ideas about student voice and authentic student voice and what that can look like at your school. Something as little as taking notes when students are talking circling back in a meeting, or updating them on the products that you've created using student voice and the impact that that's making can go a long way. We also heard some important things about what a leader is. How do we define that? What is your lens when you think about a leader? Are you seeing the leadership potential in all students in the school? And how can we tap into that to create a more cohesive and positive school climate and culture? I'm so grateful to have spent time with Brooklyn to hear her experiences and her thoughts. Thank you again. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of Kids These Days. To hear more episodes, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Check out our website for more information about our programs, other exciting opportunities, and events at www.awsleaders.org.